American Theatre Wing's Tony Goes To. And the Tony Award goes to... And the Tony Goes To... Dear Evan Hansen. Memphis. Once. Avenue Q. In the Heights. Hamilton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of Next Best Theater. We are talking about the finally happening 2021 Tony Awards. It happened just yesterday, as of the time of the recording of this, Sunday, September 26, 2021. A very, very, very long time from when any of the shows <laughs> nominated for these awards were seen by anybody. Um, but here we are. I have with me, I am... I don't even think I said who I am. I'm Daniel Peyer, <laughs> and I am joined by the one, the only, Nicole Ackman. Oh, that was a really nice intro. Thanks for that, Dan. I mean, <laughs> you are the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about the Tonys with you, although, I, I mean, you already know all my commentary because I texted you all through it. <laughs> but it's a a weird year i don't think we're ever gonna see a tony awards like this uh, ever again hopefully and you know some of it i think we were pretty spot on in our predictions and some things we were very much not but the weirdest thing of all was the new format yes and what a weird weird thing it was it was weird when they announced it and it was I think in some ways even weirder still in execution. Um, the the Tonys were presented across two separate broadcasts, uh, totaling four hours. One where most of the awards were given out with a few small musical numbers, and that took place on Paramount+. And then there was the Broadway's Back concert, which saw the awarding of the best revival of a play, best musical, and best play Tony Awards, along with lots of performances from shows that um, were on the boards in the last season or are coming back, and some iconic duets for some reason. And can I just say, first of all, that uh, I don't really know what the intention was behind the whole Paramount Plus thing. It feels like a weird fit for the Tonys. So what they said was, at the time that they announced this, was that they wanted to give the chance to air the complete acceptance speeches for all the winners. I just feel like they could have just done that like on the Tony site or something because I don't see what Paramount Plus gained from it. Because let me tell you, you want to know when I canceled my uh, free trial? What? <laughs> About 10 minutes after the Tony sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> so I, I really don't know that they're going to have like gotten any new new subscribers from it or anything. Uh, certainly probably nobody lasting around much longer than, than a month, maybe. Yeah, I would agree but with that. But I think the weirdest thing to me wasn't even the switching formats. It was, if we can go ahead and talk about this, the way that they presented some of these awards, um, the fact that mm. they, like, all the tech awards, they clumped together. Baffling. It was genuinely so stressful for me. <laughs> Not a bad idea, in theory, and I do think that this is something that could only be done this year when there was a very small number of shows. But choosing to say, this play was nominated for these technical awards, 
and then move on to the next play and say this play was nominated for these technical awards. And I'm like, wait, but now that you're announcing who won, I don't remember who the nominees for that category are. Well, because we never saw all the nominees together in one place. You know what? It worked for the musicals. It really did because it was was the same three nominees for everything. (laughs) Um, So that worked fine. But them doing it for the plays as well was so confusing. I felt like I didn't really have a sense of uh, who was win, like what they were winning against. Um, it kind of felt like it, it, I wanted, it kind of felt like it took away from the awards, honestly, in terms of like having a sense of what they had won. Yeah. Although like, I mean, <laughs> we all noticed when a Christmas Carol won every tech award <laughs> for a play <laughs> as if the Tony voters rose up as one and said, no, this show totally existed, and we all saw it. Honestly, honestly. Like, very emphatically, like, me thinks thou dost protest too much. <laughs> okay, before we get into talking about the actual words themselves, though, I do want to know. Yeah. Your thoughts on some of these performances. Obviously, the performances from the shows that are currently on or about to return or whatever, or were nominated, um, were lovely. Uh, Adrian Warren, proven why she Ugh. won that Tony. Ugh. Uh, that was definitely my favorite of those performances. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to sort of see that Moulin Rouge definitely was trying to do a some sort of performance that did not include their satin because Karen Olivo uh, left the show. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of in protest, honestly, and also. She was asked in an interview recently, and she chose not to have anything to do with the Tonys, despite the fact that she was nominated. So it definitely you could I feel like you could feel that they were working around that fact. Yeah, well, but they didn't. Ha- to be fair, they did not have to work very hard because their Tony Award winning performance was Danny Burstein as Harold Zidler, and he was front and center for a good portion. And really, the stars of that show and are Aaron the, well, yeah, and Aaron's fight. I just, I think that, like, in a normal situation, they definitely would have had uh, Aaron and Karen do one of their songs and, you know, medley that with with some of Danny. Yeah, probably. It felt weird that there were two other nominated, well, not even two, multiple other nominated performers. But of the, so the performances in the, like, first segment, though. Were very strange. So <laughs> random to me. Opening with Hairspray. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm going to come out and say it felt indicative of all that continues to be wrong with Broadway. Ooh. It felt like like having Matthew Morrison come out singing Hairspray uh, just felt to me like, them trying to pat themselves on the back and say, oh, look, we're so diverse. Well, I get that, like, they were doing, like, a lot of the original cast members from Hairspray for that, right? You had Marissa Jarrett oh, yeah. doing it, and Carrie Butler was in it. And, um, but, yeah, like, I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it Particularly is kind of, as um, an opening number. Yeah. Like, why why that? Why Hairspray? <laughs> yeah. Why? There's no reason for that to have been the opening number. Like, its anniversary isn't until next year. Yeah. Uh, it just felt... And I, I, you know, I saw other people on Twitter talking about the fact that um, it felt like, oh, here the Tonys go again. <laughs> like, and especially, I think, 
with how things turned out over the course of the night. And yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I love the idea of saying, like, you can't stop Broadway. You can't stop live performances. We're going to be here as long as we can, even if we have to look a little different. I love that in theory, but choosing that song from that show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> with what happened over the course of the night and what with what has been happening in the discourse around Broadway and casting and the voices that are sitting at the table is uncomfortable. (laughs) Absolutely. Now I want to know what was your favorite performance in that front section or, or, you know, a handful of your favorites. I have two favorites In, in the front section. Yeah. Of in, in the Paramount plus broadcast, Ali Stroker doing what I did for love is easily my favorite. That's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because like, I love her and I love that song, but like it, I, I mean, it didn't make sense. Nope. But nothing, none of the performances in that part of the show made any sense. A lick at of all, sense. Really? I'm like, Jennifer Nettles has a lovely voice and I get that she's going to be in waitress soon, but anyone can whistle bizarre okay i it it felt it just felt strange and look i jennifer holiday can still blow but like but why i <laughs> and and they especially like that when she performed that on the tony awards that is one of the iconic yep tony moments of all time and you're just not going to be able to top that now for myriad reasons and i don't know why that i mean i guess i do get why they would want to have that song because like broadway's here we're not going this time like you know a stand of solidarity and want to push people to to live theater but at the same time like (sighs) yep yep like it just felt a little stale like it also because like it literally she only gets gets asked on award shows to sing this song right right it's like we've seen it you know we've seen her do this song so many times over the years and if you're going to have her please have her she's amazing she can sing other songs let her sing something else yeah especially whenever you have like you know Ali Stroker and Jennifer Nettles singing songs that are just totally random. Yeah. Um, then to pigeonhole her into one role does feel a little like, all right, come on. Yeah. Or like, if you're going to like, why not, you know, preview some of the shows that were supposed to open last year, but are coming back now, you know, like have Sharon D Clark sing something from uh Caroline or change or like, some of the shows that have already reopened on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I will say I really loved one of my favorite moments was Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, in the second part. I know this is like not one of the Paramount plus performances, but it's one of the random ones. So I'm going to include it, but Leslie Odom Jr. Singing you matter to me with his wife, Nicolette. Oh my God. Beautiful beautiful stunning can we please i love both and i know that she's already played jenna and waitress <laughs> but could we get them both in waitress like please. i would love to see someone like leslie Odom jr get cast uh as doctor um what's his name doctor Dr. palmeter 
Pavanar, thank you. Because um, I don't think we've, you know, had, have we had a diverse actor in that role before? I don't, I don't think we have. I don't know. But I tell you, I would love, after that number, the two of them, like, I would kill to see the two of them together. In also, that. I would have no questions about that affair. I'd be like, you, you, that yeah, chemistry, get yeah, it on, yeah. y'all. <laughs> uh, and this might be a, a little controversial. My other favorite performance of the night, actually, which was ballsy as hell to do with Bernadette Peters, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Emily oh, Ashford in the room. Ooh, yeah. But Anika Nani Rose and Bim Platt singing move on from Sunday in the park. And like, that's partially just me being like a huge Sunday in the park fan. I mean, yeah, but that song is great. Like anytime I can see Anika Nani Rose doing anything, anything. I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. And she sounded amazing. Like truly revive that again, just to let her play dot. Yeah. Oh uh, yes. But also getting Beanie Feldstein to introduce Ben Platt. Of course. Like was the most adorable moment. Like, Truly so cute. Whenever she is up for her Tony uh, soon. Yeah. (laughs) Now that she's coming back to Broadway, I would love to have him introduce her next time. Mm -hmm. But no, I just knowing like what that, how much Bim Platt loves that musical. I was like, this is a really lovely moment. Um, he also looked much younger on the Tony's broadcast than he does in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to say. (laughs) Like, look, he's actually somewhat age appropriate for this character. Well, I just, it baffles me. I genuinely do think he looked younger and he had a beard. <laughs> How does that work? My mother texted me, Ben Platt looks much better with the beard. Oh. So that's... thanks for that, Sherry. I just don't like his hair <laughs> this full. I don't know. <laughs> I thought his suit was lovely. Listen, the suit was I did great. I think yeah. the dresses last night were very good. I thought overall most of the dresses were not doing it for me. Except for Bernadette Peters. Wearing a vintage Bob Mackie gown yep. from the, that she has had since the 1980s, like Slay Diva. Bernadette played, yeah. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, Audrey McDonald looked lovely. Always. Of course. The epitome of class and elegance. That was the other thing, although, yeah. that, like, not to switch topics. Hold but, on, like, I have one more dress I have to okay. shout out. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's pronounced Zawe Ashton, um, who was shown little bits of um because she was on the front row uh the red dress like in betrayal if you don't know but she's also dating tom hiddleston um i looked up red carpet photos of that dress because i was like this is a frothy like bubble of red and i was so here for it she looked beautiful and it looked like all of the gowns were quite like flowy and like loose and had a lot of fabric going on last night and Zawes was the only one that I thought actually did that and looked good. Um, so a big shout out to her and a big shout out to the amount of pink suits that happened last night. I Jeremy Pope. Oh my God. I want to go to a Harry Styles concert with Jeremy Pope with him wearing that suit. Oh like, God. I know that's a weird thing to say, <laughs> but in that moment I had visions of that and I would yeah. like to make them a reality. Jeremy Pope, if you're listening, let's get some Harry Styles tickets. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, so our hosts for the evening right. though. Yeah. So that was a semi on a spiral because Audra. Audra. Love you, girl. Love you, girl. When Audra read her own name off the telecaster. <laughs> I was like, girl, me too. Same. That <laughs> is like theater. That is what I go to the theater for. Yes. Uh, it was 
Chef's kiss, a beautiful moment. I, I sometimes randomly say Audra McDonald. I just don't uh, understand <laughs> why Audra was hosting the Paramount Plus and Lizzie Odom Jr. was hosting the Broadway's Back concert. No, I, the Tonys are afraid of letting a woman host. Like, why not just let both of them host? Like, we have big questions. I like have both of them host the whole thing have it be a little more seamless. I don't know. Like if you're, if you're going to do this sort of thing, make it feel like one ceremony, like with an act two opener, like your theater people, you know how to do an act two opener. It did feel so jarring though, to have the opening, essentially what was truly the opening number of the Tonys, yeah. like several hours in. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, I thought that both Leslie and Audra did a great job. They're two people I would love to see come back and host the Tonys again. Yes. Um, honestly, some year, like, let Audra and Will Swenson host together. Oh, my God, yes. Alternatively, let Leslie and Nicolette host together. Yes. Also that. I think we should take advantage of our Broadway couples and let them host the show together. Or just, like, let the whole original cast of Hamilton host. Honestly, the way that I would die if Dobby Diggs was a host of the Tonys. Oh, that would be amazing, though. Make it happen. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was really cute. I thought, you know, they really played up Lynn being there in the front row mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. which was cute. Um, I I thought that they were both, you know, pretty good hosts. And they did a really good job with a really weird year. And I'd love to see them get to come back and do a proper Tonys. I 100% agree. I also have to say, I've really enjoyed the Tonys being in the Winter Garden. I Yeah, I I get that there is somewhat of a sense of pomp and circumstance with it being at Radio City. And I also get that at Radio City there are more seats. So you can have more people there. You can have more of the ensemble members of shows or crew people Absolutely. attend. But there is something special about having it in an actual Broadway theater as opposed to something that is like truly cavernous like Radio City is. It felt more it felt a bit more intimate. Yeah. Um, it felt a bit more like the theater. Like I think especially as someone who, you know, has missed being in the theater. It was so nice just to see the inside of a of a Broadway house. I and let me tell you, like as someone who loves and has deeply missed being in the theater having a sunday where i went to a matinee of six be the first time back in a broadway theater in two years and then that evening (laughs) watching the tonys taking place in the winter garden it was a lot emotionally um and I think that was part of why I had such a reaction to Ali Stoker doing what I did for love. Because I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yes, the power of theater. I love this so much. It's what I did for love, too. Like, oh. was, I was having emotional reactions all over the place. and But, that, you know, that was on me. That was on me for just making it too much of a day for myself. I love that for you though i genuinely love that i you know it was i didn't necessarily plan it that way because i bought the tickets for six i think before we even knew when the tony awards were going to be (laughs) um but it it worked out really nicely so i feel like we can now move into talking about the awards uh let's talk about the musicals um, first well i just wanted to ask because while we're still talking about the 
Are we still talking about the two different concerts or the two different broadcasts or whatever? I don't know how they ended up deciding that they were just going to do a lot of duets during the second half. But some of them seemed very random. Yep. I don't know how. I mean, like, outside of the, you know, the official, like, reuniting the iconic Broadway duos of uh, Kristen Chenoweth and Nadine Menzel from Wicked and Anna Pascal and Anthony Rapp from Rent and Audra and Brian Soaks Mitchell for Wheels of a Dream. Like, I don't know how they picked some of these. Truly? Truly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bless them. I, I I don't know how they came up with Ben Platt and then Nick and Ernie Rose doing Move On, beautiful as it was. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, they went... They bent over backwards explaining why they were having Josh Groban on to do Beautiful City with Leslie Odom Jr. Which, frankly, I was kind of like, okay, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone who's watching Paramount Plus knows that y'all, like, went to college. Like, yeah. And then, and then, like, Norm Lewis and Kelly O'Hara doing Somewhere, like, I love you both. And that's a lovely song. But what? Like, how what what broadway mad libs game was played to come up with some of these i swear they had one of them come in like they had like half the performers that they wanted come in and draw a name out of a hat (laughs) they'd be singing with and draw the uh the song out of a hat too because but let me tell you titus burgess and andrew rannells in into the woods on broadway when (laughs) because that was everything i needed and then some I honestly like had trouble processing it. It yeah, my my brain broke, gay Twitter broke. Um, but that was everything and I don't like it was some kind of like weird, sick, twisted genius that made this happen and that is the type of random lovely things that I go to the theater for, I guess. <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Coming up, on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Okay, so now that we've sort of exhausted about the production of it all, the actual awards, um, starting with the musicals because that was really easy because Moulin Rouge basically won just about everything. 
Yeah. Which like I think my favorite award of the night that I that we saw rewarded was uh Danny Bernstein. We knew that it was going to be the big emotional moment and good lord it was. Seeing And I uh, cried. <laughs> Uh, seeing everyone stand for him and even the way that John Lithgow announced it, you know, like after seven Tony nominations, the winner is like, that was, that was beautiful. It was kind of, it was kind of cute that he was like, I don't know if you know, but my wife died. Oh my God. I was like, no, everyone knows. Like, and we love you. Um, Tell you who I didn't expect to cry in their speech. Uh, but did cry was Aaron accepting his best leading actor in a musical. <laughs> what was he going through? I he was going through something because like you knew you were winning. <laughs> I know, but in the moment where they went to announce it, whenever they were going out of their way to explain that like <laughs> he didn't have it by default, he had to still earn it. Like <laughs> he had to get the votes. Um, the look on his face was he was like, "Oh shit, I'm losing this award." <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, and listen, I have thoughts on the fact that he won his award that way. I, as do we all. I, you can decline a Tony nomination. Um, there is precedence for that. Um, I'm just saying, uh, and I, like, I feel bad because he is now like Tony award winning Aaron Tveit or whatever, but like. And it's hard to begrudge him that because he's been working for so long and doing such good work, but. I just would want for him to win it in a yeah. year where he like <laughs> wins it. Right. Exactly. Properly. Not just because he's the only nominee. And like, I feel like that about a lot of Moulin Rouge's wins weirdly. Yep. Like, it really felt like it won by default because it is the big spectacle musical that they need to succeed. So if we give it Best Musical, maybe that will influence right. the box office. I agree, except for the design awards, which I think it well, would yes. take even in a normal season. Yes, um, absolutely. Like those were very well-deserved. But winning Best Direction and Best Musical... I'm going to believe that all of Moulin Rouge's awards uh, were for the sake of um, Aaron Tveit's hair, uh, <laughs> which is going to help me come to terms with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also do want to recognize that uh, it, it is kind of nice. All three nominated musicals did win something. Yes. Thank God if Adrian Warren had not won her uh, award for playing Tina and Tina the Tina Turner oh, musical. Oh, there would have been rioting. There would be hell to pay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. And obviously, like, I don't want to delve into we, we don't have time to delve into this fully. But to see Jagged Little Pill win two awards, win Best Book of a Musical, when that is arguably what is most controversial about the show, and win for Lauren Patton, which is uh, the other thing, I guess, that's most most controversial about the show. Um, even if Lauren Patton was there uh, seemingly campaigning for, for Beetlejuice to be returned to the Winter Garden Theater. Yes. To see them win those two awards in the midst of this show having a real reckoning about its representation, about its treatment of its cast. Uh, I think at the point of us recording, three different cast members have come forward and said that they are leaving the show yeah. because of either the the trans representation and the way that the show has responded to critiques of that representation or because mm-hmm. of treatment of cast members who were going through medical emergencies. Yeah. It's, um, 
it was weird to see them to see them win awards last night. It, it, it was not very strange for me to see Lauren Patton win because that was one of those things that felt inevitable throughout the whole season. Like, I think she would have been a strong candidate to win even if it had been a full season because everyone was talking about her performance in that show. And it garnered a lot of very positive praise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she got the most praise for anything in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that said, like, it, it just it just sucks that it happened that that particular character is one of the, I'll say, least well-written parts yeah. of the show. Yeah. And the part that um, they've been a little, a little, how do I say this? From my understanding of everything, from what all that I have read, they've been a little gaslighty uh, while, when talking about hmm. changes that happen to the show around that character. Interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't waded too much into the waters of that controversy, partially because I just haven't seen the show yet. Mm-hmm. And well, now may not, but yeah. it, it, it's been interesting to follow from a, a distance. Mm-hmm. But I will say that it, her win at least felt somewhat inevitable. And I thought she responded to it beautifully. Yes. That, And I think that every member of that cast has like, found some really wonderful ways to thread the needle between saying like, I am grateful for work and to have worked on this show. And I'm proud of my work and the work of my fellow castmates, but there are things that need to change and I do not support and we need to move the conversation forward, et cetera. They have found ways to do that without in ways that I don't think would piss people higher up in the production company involved with the musical off if that makes sense yeah yeah that makes sense like there is nothing bad that you can say about what they have said yeah so i think sorry to wrap up the musicals um i'm happy to report i think a lot of people probably had the same i correctly predicted every musical award (laughs) um i'm proud of myself for that it really does show that you know for as for for the fact that i only ever participated in plays myself and not musicals and for the fact that i i do love plays dearly musicals are where i know what's going on mm-hmm. the plays on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> what happened <laughs> yeah i mean i i was like the 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 places where i messed up in my musicals prediction were places where i was even more cynical than i usually am I mean, thinking that they would reward Jagged Little Pill instead of Moulin Rouge. And then it turns out the place where I should have been, that level of cynical was on the best play side of things. Which, let's just start by talking about the fact that A Christmas Carol got all three design awards. Four. And, like, I had predicted it for best original score. I knew I knew that people... All four. You know, knew that it existed. Sorry, yeah, all four. <laughs> but it feels like people went out of their way to prove that they knew that it existed. <laughs> yeah, or they were just like, oh, A Christmas Carol. I like A Christmas Carol. X. Check it out. Like, off. did do they... Were they aware of which production of A Christmas Carol they were voting for? Or were yeah. they just like, oh, I love that story. <laughs> Which is not me doubting that it's, like, a worthy winner. It just feels like um, – can anyone even tell me, like, when was that – like, I presume it was on in December? 
But does anyone know when it was on Broadway? Or where? Like, <laughs> right. Like, what theater was that? In? Yeah. Who was in it? Like, can anyone tell me a single thing about this production? <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay. Otherwise, let's see. Yeah, but yeah, other it won. Christmas Carol won best sound design best lighting design best costume design best scenic design and then it also won best original score because in a strange quirk of fate no original musicals opened in the um, period of actually, time that covered the tonys that's actually not true oh yes technically that is not true you are absolutely right I'm not they to just... pull like a dakota johnson right now but like that's not true Ellen. yeah no that's you are absolutely right there actually was one eligible musical it was the lightning thief um it's also the one other lead actor that was eligible uh yep to be nominated against aaron um and actually that's like i i don't know that my relationship with the tonys will ever be what it was before after this which is sad. I explained it away to myself as being like, well, surely they just didn't know that it was eligible. They thought it was a special event instead of a full Broadway musical or something. But no, I <laughs> time has proven that, I think, to be um, not true yeah. at all. So, like, it, it is very weird because, um, like, not, not to get too, like, cynical and too into this, but, like, I don't think I ever will feel the same way about the Tonys again. And the Tonys used to be my second favorite day of the year after Christmas day. Mm. And I, I don't know that I'll recover that because this feels too petty to me and too much them. Like, I don't know what do they want to show that they're not hip with the kids. I'm not sure, but yeah, they did a very weird thing in an original score and decided not to nominate the one eligible musical and instead nominate five plays. Yeah. So congrats to a Christmas girl. Um, uh, <laughs> So then to talk about, do you want to talk about actors first? Um, yeah, I think we should probably talk about the actors first. Um, y'all were right. Uh, Lois yeah. Smith triumphed in featured actress in a play. She did. Um, I maintain that she, like, I'm sure there must be someone who has won a Tony Award in this category for doing less than she did in The Inheritance. But I can't think of one off the top of my head. She is now, I believe, if I'm not wrong, the oldest Tony Award yes, winner. She is um, in terms of like the person who won it at the oldest age, yep. not like the oldest living. Yes. Um, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, very fun. And then David Alan Greer won yeah. featured actor for a soldier's play, which it it is a great part. And that is one of those things where I was like, did this open too early? Did like do people remember yeah. this? Does that even matter? But also, I think that's like, I think a lot of us, when we were doing our predictions episode, were like, well, Slave Play was the talk of the season. Yep. It was literally all anyone could talk about. It was the best reviewed play of the season, or the best reviewed show, period. Yep. Play or musical. And it was doing really well at the box office, too. Like, it was sold out. And. You know, I think maybe maybe were we being too optimistic and thinking that the Tony Awards would embrace it? Um, and Slave Play isn't without its issues. I know that some yeah. people do have some problems um, with it, I believe, in the way that it portrays black women. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I really did think that all the raves, all the hype was going to pay off. And 
uh, it didn't. But I was I was thrilled to see David Allen Greer win this award, and I thought his speech was one of the most memorable of the night. I also oh, yes. was feeling cocky at this point in the night because I got <laughs> both featured actress and featured actor. I was like, oh, this is going great. Um, th- th- then that was like the only thing I got correct for the play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and then like – Y'all, y'all were right, and Mary Louise Parker won for lead actress after being away for a while. That's a lie. Yeah, I also got Mary Louise Parker. Which, that was another one where I was like, the play did not get very good reviews. <laughs> but in a category where you have three big names and a newcomer. Yeah. Yeah. One of the big names triumphed which i loved mary louise's speech when she says to audra yeah. like audra my friend audra you have enough of these you can't have this one yeah, that was <laughs> that so cute was so cute and it could have come off as like kind of mean-spirited but it didn't at all it, it just came off as cute yeah yeah perfect delivery i think though one of our biggest surprises of the night other than like christmas carol getting all these awards when nobody like knew it existed mm-hmm. was Andrew Burnap winning leading actor for The Inheritance. Yeah. And this was also where I started to be like, oh, at, at the moment that they announced that, I was like, oh, Slave Play's not winning Best Play. Yeah. And to be fair, it there was no person from Slave Play in the lead actor lineup, so it couldn't have won here, but... No, but it was the moment where I knew that they had gone all in on The Inheritance. Right. and like, And for him to win over such big names like he's the only non-name in that cast because ian even ian barford yep. for linda vista has a pretty sure a previous tony nominee if not a previous winner i told a friend like tom hiddleston lost and it wasn't even to jake gyllenhaal yeah and he was like oh did ian barford win and i was like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um and this is like i don't want to take away from andrew burnap's winning at all like he gave a lovely speech and i don't know how you felt about and he's very good in the inheritance he was very very good it's just a little bit perplexing particularly if you combine it with the fact that like in the other like you know lois smith won out for being the big name in that category yeah things like that that like i i really thought tom or jake was gonna take this and you know, sorry, Tom Hiddleston, try again later. <laughs> yeah, no. And Tell you what, Jake Gyllenhaal is probably regretting that uh, he did not, he was not eligible for the Tony the year of Sunday in the Park with George. I now, mean, seriously. They ruled themselves ineligible. <laughs> He's like, damn it, should have gotten my Tony then. Um, yeah, well, they yeah. had their reasons. But so then, sort of building on that, Direction of a play, I thought was going to go to Robert O'Hara for Slave Play. As did we all, I think. And nope. Nope. Uh, that That is truly the moment where I was like, yeah, okay, well, congrats to the inheritance. I mean, that was the moment <laughs> where I was like, well, okay, fine. He won for being the big name. Yeah. You know, in a category that was not full of big names. But no, it's because they just really, like, the Tonys, the gay voting block of the Tonys just really asserted themselves this year and was like, no, we love the inheritance. Which is yeah strange because I feel like that has been just as divisive as slave play, just in a quieter way, because people didn't seem to care about mm-hmm. it as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I think it wasn't, like, Slave play was more divisive because it is so sort of 
out there and not your normal Broadway show and, yeah, you know, stirring up topics that Broadway doesn't always want to have stirred up. Yeah. And I guess they really didn't. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't. But also, before we, you know, talk about the inheritance winning, um, revival of a play? That was the moment where I was like, oh, maybe there is hope that Slave Play can just, like, win Best Play and nothing yep. else? Maybe? Yep. I truly did not see that coming. I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm nothing against a Soldier's Play. Like, maybe it was, like, the roundabout voting block that won it. I Maybe? That makes sense. I, I, I don't know. But let me tell you, that speech. Yeah. Best speech of the night. Definitely. Definitely. I really do think, though, like, when I think the moment that Audrey didn't win Best Actress, Leading Actress, Mm. Frankie and Johnny wasn't winning. And when Tom lost Actor, Betrayal wasn't winning. Yeah. So I guess A Soldier's Play is the only play in that category that won another award. Mm Mm-hmm. So we couldn't have seen it coming, but it does make logical sense. Yeah. Uh, And then for Best Play, The Inheritance won. I really thought Slave Play was going to have this award. I'm really still a little bit perplexed. Honestly. And like nothing against the inheritance. I'm not like, I'm not saying it's like a bad winner. It just. It is the worst thing for its legacy to have won over Slave Play, especially if Jeremy O. Harris does make good on this promise and become one of the greats. Yep. Yep. And I and look, I saw the inherit I did not see Slave Play because I couldn't get tickets. But I yeah. did see the inheritance and it's good. It's very good. But that that was one of those things where I'm like, someone should have told this boy, like, it this did not need to be two two act plays <laughs> it, it, it really didn't it could have yeah. been just one very long play and been just as good if not better even like the ferryman and been like a yeah you know two intermission play yeah exactly yeah that is really what it should have been there was no reason and it was just billed from the outset as like this you know landmark new play um, especially after all the raves in Britain, and it arrived here just with such a muted reception from people, and I, I'm just a l- still a little perplexed as to how it. And I, th- there is something to the fact that it is about the AIDS crisis, and we just lived through a pandemic. Yeah, but. Then there's that big question in my mind, like, how many voters actually saw it (laughs) before everything shut down? Like, I I don't know. And I think that's one of the annoying things about this season. Like, we'll never know if everyone voting actually saw these plays and were voting on what they actually thought was the best or if there was something else going on. Truly, truly. It's, um... But hey... We're done with the weird year of the Tonys. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with the weird year. I don't think it will ever happen like this again. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. And I think hopefully they learned their lesson that like, if something weird happens that shuts down Broadway, just go ahead and do your Tonys virtually. Yeah. Um. Don't wait. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the, I loved the show. I loved the spectacle and the glitz of glamour of it. I really did. 
but breaking it up like this, bringing up the way they did and only awarding the best production awards yep. in the in the CBS portion felt very strange to me. And I get some of the I get the logic a little bit. Kind of. But it made it feel very unbalanced. It also made it evening. like it was just difficult. I saw yeah. so many people being like, wait, how do I watch this? What do I need to do? Yeah. I also will say that, like, again, I get it. It was great to have a live show that was really fun. But at the same time, like, did I prefer this Tony's or that Sondheim birthday concert? Oh, the Sondheim birthday concert. By far, especially because we at that point we needed that. Yeah. And I think they should have just done a virtual ceremony. Um, something they could have put together something, you know, sort of similar to that. They just could have had it in Patty Lapone's basement. That was that uh, was the key. Patty Lapone <laughs> could have hosted from her basement. Yes. <laughs> and that would have been my favorite Tony Awards of all time. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So you know, they're done. I'm looking forward to this next Broadway season. We have some really exciting things that are opening. And I, you know, am hoping that next year we get a more diverse set of winners. I hope that we see things start to change on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, or I guess I should say continue to change, but maybe ramp up mm-hmm. uh, the change. Because I think that my hope for, for Broadway is that we actually act on all of the reckonings that were had during the time that Broadway was closed. Yeah. Let us hope that the special Tony Award to the Broadway Advocacy Coalition was not just lip service. Yeah. We can hope. We can hope. Well, thank you for uh, reacting this to this with me, Dan. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we're done? I just... There are more than enough seats at the Broadway table for everybody. Yes. And I hope that more people whose voices have not been heard for too long will be allowed a seat there. So uh, I'm going to end then on the other (laughs) side of that by saying that it was great to see Andrew Lloyd Webber looking better than he's looked in a while, I think. Yes. Love, love to see that man uh, looking not like he's, you know, the crypt keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. And presenting with Cheetah Rivera and what a cute moment that was. Iconic. So, Dan, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me on the Twitter at DancinDan on film. Nicole, where can they find you on the internet? (laughs) You can find me over at Nicole Ackman 16, probably tweeting about Tom Hiddleston. And you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us there. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, CastBox, and Acast. And we are a proud part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Uh, Be sure to check on everything going on over at Next Best Picture. Be sure to check back soon for more Next Best Theater episodes. And thank you so much for listening and for going through this weird year of the Tonys with us.
You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.